Everybody, welcome to episode 79 of the Run the Hills podcast, sponsored by Chair Charge. Chair Charge have been fueling adventures with real food made with real ingredients since 2012. Go and check them out at www.chaircharge.co.uk. About a big week, Eddie. Uh, before... A big week. We've got uh, we've got so much to talk about. <laughs> and you know, Gary, he doesn't stop talking, and so I have to go. Please, can you just press record? Because otherwise, the pre-podcast chat is about an hour and a half as he goes through everything he's been doing. Am I like one of your only friends, Gary? So like... I can count them on one hand, my. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> my my friend it's called um rehearsals eddie our pre-podcast <laughs> Bryn calls it permanent send when when he's been away like he's gone back to proper work now so he's not here when he comes back because yeah. i'm on my own apart from you gary <laughs> i'm like <laughs> and then he's like have you not talked to anybody today <laughs> lisa if i've got something to get off my chest she i think i'm talking to her in actual fact i'm just shouting at her <laughs> projecting my frustration <laughs> just battering her but uh yeah i've had a busy week but what about yourself what do you first eddie i've had a busy oh i've had such a busy week i did i i missed my first training session of 20 i know I'm a, I, I will often change sessions to fit my current mood. Um, I, you know, sometimes you start a session and you're like, it's not there. We'll make this a bit easier or I'll do less. Or, you know, for me, I'll change the sport because I don't feel like doing that. But after two weeks of kids off term, of running the kids around being basically a Meals on Wheels um, and a laundry lady, um, Sunday came and I had left again a fatal error. I'd left my 10 by four minutes to do until Sunday afternoon when we came back from ski races. <laughs> and I came back and I I'd been up since six. I'd done like the easy run in the morning at six o'clock and it was minus 10. So that had been quite emotional. And um we came back and I was so dehydrated and start and I sort of missed lunch and we got back about three four and the kids had to get ready for school and they were so tired and by the time I'd sorted that out and then Sunday's my big work day where I check in on all the clients and make sure the next week is right time I'd done all that it's like seven o'clock and I was like you know what I'd had three bottles of precision hydration full strength and I still (laughs) felt a bit dehydrated so I thought you know what I'm going to cane this day. I'm going to cane this day. I'm going to eat a sweet potato chips and veggie burger for my tea with loads of burger sauce. Yeah. And all night, I'm going to start again tomorrow. I have no zero guilt when I do that because it's a true, um, I do push my, as everybody knows, I push myself to possible breaking limits. But um, uh, yeah, and then the next day, woke up, Thought I'd feel really fresh, hobbled down the stairs. But actually, then I had six by eight minutes to do uphill. And I did the best session, best session by a long time. So it's what I started the week of great. So it's the right thing to do. Um, I'm glad you owned it, though. I'm glad you owned that uh, Sunday. And, um, you know, we can't always get them done. It's good. I love it. I owned it. Um, So, yeah, I had emotional time. So I'm going to tell you a little story I want to share with you. And I want to share with people listening. We don't often talk about like our kids and their lives because we kind of feel that that's 
their lives, don't we? And, you know, everyone knows we've got kids. And um, But uh, I thought I'd show you this little story, especially for parents that might be like juggling their training and still their races and their dreams and then um, and feel guilty about it because I feel that's quite a lot, especially with my mum clients, the guilt of yeah. actually them going and doing something for themselves is a real deal. And perhaps even asking their partner to look after the kids often in races, like I'm being asked, who's got your kids? And I'm like, their yeah. dad. <laughs> uh, so um, I'll tell you, I'm going to tell you a little story that's uh, was quite emotional and a big part of my parenting journey as I continue this um, long rocky road of bringing up my kids. But uh, so the kids had ski races. They're always really emotional and hardcore ski races because they train so hard. The kids ski every day. Yeah. Three hours every day. And then they have these ski races where they have two goes um, when they're their age. If you don't finish or you miss um, a gate or you fall, you're disqualified. And that's yeah, it. Yeah, Your race is over. You have to do two. You have to finish it twice. And you and to be in contention, you have to ski really, really fast. So it's like it's a real, um, you know, you have to go all out. You have to take the risk that yeah, you, could, yeah. you could fall and then your whole day you're there and you're not even going to get up. You're just disqualified. It's over. It's a brutal, brutal. brutal. Um, So I was with my middlest one uh, because we had to uh, divide and conquer because they were racing and uh, really, really icy, really, really cold. It was like minus eight in the car park. I was like, oh, God. Oh, it's cold. I was watching the sun coming over the mountain go, come on, come on, come on. Anyway, this tiny little ski resort we went to and it only had one run open and it was just a bed of ice, not oh, much fun when you're the spectator. Anyway, after 85 kids, I think, skiing, under 10, cutest little things you've ever seen. And uh, Rory, my middleest one, uh, was about number 18, I think, to go. So they go down in their order. Okay. Uh, and it was a bendy course. So I was standing on the bend, came down. I was like, oh, God, he looks good today. Oh, he looks good today. Uh, I could hear the commentator going, hockey, hockey, satan, hockey, hockey. Anyway, 84 kids went down and Rory was over two seconds in the lead of all these kids. Ooh. And he was, I was like, there's a hell. In skiing, a massive, like, normally yeah. there is one by like 0.99. It was huge. Um, and he was like, he was beyond himself. And he, but he was really focused. They had this like, at the top of the piece, they were like in this like ice zone, just waiting, yeah. like away from his mates. He was like stretching and bending. And he, I was like, my, I was like, right, do you want your lunch, Rory? Because they have a little break. And he's like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, I want to sit. I just have some sugar, some sweets or something. I'm going to keep my stomach light. I was like, oh, God. he's only nine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> around and then he did it he's like right i'm gonna do four more runs mum for a warm-up and then i'm gonna um and then i'm gonna wait for my car i was like oh this guy's on it this guy's on it Focus. um and so then they go reverse order down so then he had to wait quite a long time for everybody to ski yeah. and then uh, they just stand around they is he literally freezing now is he or no because sun's come up and okay. they the kids don't the kids don't <laughs> it's like we did um <clears throat> so the sun's come up by now it is much, it is much warmer now but the piece is super icy like you can hear them coming around the corner like okay yeah uh so he got ready to go i skied halfway down i was like i'm gonna ski halfway down and i'll meet you at the bottom at the end uh he came around the he, you, you have this um app on your phone so you can see when he's left the gate cool. so I was like, he started here he comes i can hear him come around anyway came around the corner 
so fast. He hit the ice and he went flying. Oh, my goodness. And all I heard was, oh, no, oh, no. And then he just stood on the side of the piece with his little head in his, like, and uh, skied over to the other side and his coach was there and was like, the coaches are hardcore. Yeah. And like fist pumped in and was like, another time, Rory, another time. Anyway, he was beyond himself. You I saw Faye thinking, oh my God, how do I handle this now? As, but he's disqualified. He's out the race. Yeah. He's gonna. How do I handle this now? <clears throat> As a parent, the disappointment, the crashing disappointment of going from being champion to being DQ'd and not even going to get mentioned. <laughs> results and you're nine anyway he skied down he was obviously very upset <clears throat> and i'm uh, you don't get any of this in the parent manual do you of like how do you cope with this crashing? <laughs> what oh do you my goodness anyway, yeah <laughs> um his friends were lovely and all the parents lovely and going you know ross you know we know you you know another time another time and it's like oh my god he was it anyway can of coke and packet of crisps and he was back up and then he had to watch all his mates get prizes and stand yeah. there we've all oh. been there oh yeah well done really great <laughs> that is all part of the process anyway i had to tell her about a story to tell them the bit the conversation we then had that i thought was very telling was um yesterday the day after um he said mum i keep reliving that moment when i came around the corner uh, and I said, okay. Well, I was like, well, okay, Ross. Well, let's let's put let's put yourself in that picture. What would you do again? And he said, I go harder, Mum. I didn't oh, go hard yeah. enough. He said, next time I'm just going to go even harder. I don't want to ski easy. I want to ski harder. And I was like, wow. Well, for a nine year old, I was like, that's my boy. I was like, okay. I said, well, you you do that if that's the way you're going to do your sport. But you know, you're going to have you're going to roll the dice and sometimes yeah. it's going to be amazing. And sometimes it's going to be high risk and high rewards. High risk, high risk, high rewards. I love that. And I thought, you know, I think we all feel like, you know, doing this sport is sometimes a bit of a selfish endeavor, but I think, I definitely think him seeing his mum having had many oh, yeah. disappointments, many like comebacks, many like um, just working herself hard. I think he's seen that. And I think, uh, I am so much more proud of that side of his character coming out than, you know, it was never, he never said I didn't win. It was more, he was so disappointed in himself that he didn't, um, he didn't do as well. So rather digressed off the running point, but I thought that having gone from like, oh, how do I cope with this? I was actually, actually, I don't need to cope with this. Yeah, He can cope with this himself. And the tools I've learned from myself, from my sport, from my running, from that resilience that you have to do almost like, have gone through my DNA yeah. him. So um, kudos to my little man. Ooh, well oh, done. Sorry. Well done. Good old Tucko. But also I, I thought... I think I'd have broke down in tears. Idiot. <laughs> oh my God, honestly. When I saw him come around, I, it was not that um, he fell because they fall all the time and, you know, they bash it. You know, if he hurt, he was fine. It was more like, you know, that disappointment. And it's the first time he's ever had to handle that. But it's yeah. a huge life lesson. So the life lessons I think you get from sport. Oh, wow. Are, yeah. I mean, they are just, they, they go into everything in life. And so as uh, my husband- Even just the influences around him, you know, he's observed what goes on at home with his, his mom and dad. And um, he's kind of taken that on, hopefully. Like we are, it is a guilty uh, pursuit that we follow sometimes, but hopefully there's some good. <laughs> comes yeah, I'm not, so you know, my kids don't observe me going down the pub every night and stuff like that. That's, that's not the memory of their dad. <laughs> I disappear and do it's go just, running for hours. Dad talking to this strange woman all the time on Zoom in his bedroom. 
Or is that the other? That's the other podcast, isn't it? That's so, the other one, yeah. Anyway, I thought I wanted to share that because I thought I know there's a lot of people with families and with bringing up <laughs> young kids and uh, maybe they've seen that in their kids themselves. But be or if you've got very young kids and you're not quite into this stage of sport, um, watching Saturday weekend sport yet, but you <clears> will. And you so it's not running is a multifaceted use of your time. It's not just about getting out stuffing cheer charge bars down your mouth at uh, <laughs> four o'clock in the morning, Gary, is it? Selfies anyway, on the mountains, no. uh, tell us all about your epic, epic week. Well, your weekend. Yeah, well, I was uh, lucky or unlucky enough. I don't know. It was when it was <clears throat> when I was driving home at three o'clock in the morning. I didn't feel <laughs> very lucky, but um, yeah, I spent oh my goodness, well over nine hours, probably more like I think it was like nine and a half hours on the fells. Did a leg four and a leg five Bob Graham round support runner. There was th- actually four of us out there. Um, myself, Neil. And Luke and a guy called Mike, I blanked on his second name. So there's four of us out there. There's only supposed to be three. Uh, but then we all kept going, apart from Luke, to the very end. But um, a wild night, Eddie. My goodness me. You know, the forecast was, the Met Office did a really good job, actually. <laughs> Thumbs up the Met Office because they got it spot on. But as we climbed out of um, Wasdale, uh, the weather was glorious. You could just look over the lake. You could see the Irish Sea, and apart from um, Sellafield Nuclear Power Station, there was a glorious, <laughs> glorious, is it a power station these days or some kind of recycling plant? Anyway, it's not great, but the glorious views. And then we uh, headed towards, I think it was Staple, and my goodness, maybe the weather changed. And it wasn't quite arms linking for safety, so you weren't being blown off the fells, but it was, but it was getting there. Um, but I absolutely loved it. You know, I, I remember... Just saying to Neil as we were going to Kirk Fair, like, I just, I, I love it. This is absolutely lovely. You couldn't hear a thing. You're in like a, some kind of dishwasher of wind. It was her- horrendous, but it was balmy, but absolutely fantastic. And I, <clears throat> I just thought there, and then I really do want to do a winter bog wheel round. Oh, I was going to ask you that, whether you'd been put off or whether you were like, yes. No. No, no, 100% more invested in it. I fully, uh, I loved it. But, Getting to the support was a bit of an adventure. I think we were WhatsApping each other and I'd lost all my kit. Um, I couldn't find my waterproof trousers. I couldn't find my bivy bag. They'd been, someone else had done a bit of organising in the house. And uh, <laughs> about, about, luckily I found them. I had to buy some bloody micro spikes because there was some group chat uh, about weather conditions. My blend Catherine's in, it was a bit icy. I didn't need any micro spikes. It was fine. So I've spent 50 quid there, which I, didn't need to uh buy them off you for the spine yeah yeah <laughs> my little tiny feet you'll feel like bigger than mine and then as i was leaving the house god honestly you're just trying to get out of the house i put my key in the door and i snapped the key in the lock <laughs> so I, I broke the, i broke the front door that was quite stressful i went to give rex a kiss goodbye and he moved his face and i you know when dogs have that, that kind of gunk on their eyes well, I got a mouthful of Ike. <laughs> so as I, as I was like literally retching as I was going out the door, then I snapped the key in the door. <laughs> it was just like, what? Like, literally, it was the grossest thing. <laughs> it was horrible. Um, but other than that, yeah, I, it, I, you know, once I got going and once we got to Keswick, it was quite relaxed then, made our way to Wasdale and uh, had a glorious nine and a half hours in the fells. Unfortunately, it wasn't to be for Sarah Perry. 
Um, I hope she doesn't mind me sharing it on the podcast, but um, I think just that accumulation of weather over all of those hours and high fells just um, caught up with her on the day and it wasn't meant to be, but hats off to her. You know, she didn't stop. She kept going. She got the round done, just not in the 24-hour um, target time. But yeah, all in all, wonderful. And what I, it's not something we've done before, but I would like to do a little kit of the week shout out. And I've got this old, innovate, primal loft, primal loft, how's it pronounced? I think I was just, I think it is primal loft. And it, I, I bought this years, years, they don't, I looked on the interview website, they don't even sell it anymore. It's a um, product that's not stocked. And I bought this ages ago, never liked it, never wore it. It would be something I'd do the gardening in or, you know, dust around the house and it would be chilly. And just with the forecast, I was like, I'm going to put that in my backpack. And I've ne- it's the first time I've ever run with it, like as a piece of kit. And um, as we were, because the pace was, I suppose, because of the train on leg four, you're not really moving that fast anyway. But, you know, you 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 weren't really generating enough heat to keep yourself warm. And um, I was just like, I'm not very comfortable here. And got this little Primaloft jacket out and just took me ages to get it on because it was so windy. Like nails trying to hold the arms and I'm trying to on a dress. Not, lose, not lose my gloves. Um, I've got it on and my goodness me, I was like. Did pretty- you put your like waterproof over the top of it then? No, I didn't take the waterproof off. I left the waterproof on and then put that over the waterproof. Ideally, yes, I would have put the frame off under the, it wasn't raining, so that was fine. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That, that was but I just couldn't I couldn't bear to take my jacket okay. off because I wouldn't okay. take my mitts off and everything. It was just it was too cold for that, too cold and too windy. Um, but got that one. And my goodness, mate, it made a massive, massive difference. So I won't ever kind of uh, look at that thing in the same your negative light. Jacket again. Yeah, yeah, it's not. <laughs> and I wore tights. I've not worn tights since 2019. Oh, oh Lord, what a picture. Let's not. Uh... I know. But again, I, I mean, you were having these like kit debates. And again, it was like, yeah. Yeah, you'd have been, yeah, you'd have been. Super, super cold, super yeah. cold. You just, you know, you're just not, we weren't moving fast enough, basically. So it would have got, it would have been silly. I didn't, I always sit, we, me and I chat about this quite often that I don't want to be the plonker that mountain rescuer we've called mountain rescue out and uh, oh, some dumbass out there with shorts on <laughs> in minus 15 uh wind chill factor so yeah i always kind of think about that as as i'm packing kit so um but yeah wonderful day just exhausting i got to bed about 4 30 in the morning thought i'd have a big lie in but no i was up trying to fix the uh, front door that i <laughs> broke the day before <laughs> i did it though i washed the gunk out your eyes still <laughs> nasty eye infection that was gross honestly <laughs> but i've fixed two doors in a week i should be a locksmith <laughs> you should maybe not break the locks yeah yeah that's true but um yeah wonderful time and i hope once she's reflected on things that she'll dust herself down and maybe go for a summer book room around sarah next time they're much more pleasant (laughs) i can speak speak from experience but you feel quite inspired by the uh 100 yeah yeah i'm fully invested in it but i I wouldn't go out in that way then you know that's My bob's going to be a lot more low key if if it happens, you know, it'll be a lot more low key. So I wo- it's, it's more flexible in a nutshell. You know, you, when you've got people coming over, taking some people would have took time off work on a Friday. Tim and Lisa were there. <clears throat> people just driving around all over the place. Um, you really kind of if you've penciled in that date, you've got to try your best to really do that date, unless it's dangerous, I suppose. But um, yeah, my bob will be a lot more low key. So. The weather's not suitable. Just, I'm, I'm, there's no way I'm going to go out in that for for 24 hours. Not on my own. 
No, no. Cool. Should we do some results? Yeah, let's do some results. I think there's lots of cross-country races. I think I think in a few weeks' time we're going to be inundated with results in upcoming races, but everyone's just coming out like a daffodil, like a primrose, coming up and ready, getting started <laughs> with the races. So we have the Chichester Harbour Chidden Trail run, which we think was about 15k. Gary's dead excited because it was one, there was loads of women in the yeah. uh, in the top four. We had <laughs> Sally Cooper, Dana Cooper. Maybe that's mother and daughter. Jill Brown uh, in the top three and Josh Cottrell bringing home the men. <clears throat> uh, one in 102 by Sally Cooper. So well done, women. Yeah, Storm awesome. And, one. and then we've got the DT Winter Series. Uh, Beardale Beck 5K and Colin Taylor took the win in 18 minutes, 53 seconds. And Daisy Johnson, 22.46. And there was a strong turnout from Sedgefield. Harry is there. I saw some pictures. A bit of nepotism, bringing in like your club results now. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought I'd give Mark Green a shout out because he took third place. Well done, Mark, and everybody else who took part in races of the weekend. This week's guest is Andy Dobinson. It was great to catch up with Andy Eddie. <laughs> he came on the show a while ago and chatted with John about his recovery from a stroke. And he was keen to come back on the show and keep us updated with his journey and what his plans are for the future. I thought it was great catching up with Andy. I hope you all do too. Hi, everybody. Today we've got Andy Dominson on the show. He's our first... Oh, sorry, no. Russell Bentley was our double our double guest. But Russell, we did, we recorded Russell all in one hit and then we had to split it up into two. But Andy's our first returning guest. Um, hi, Andy. Thanks hi, for yeah. coming on the show. No problem. Thanks for having me. First questions first. Have you been for a run today? No, not yet. But it is scheduled. And I've got a... An easy with strides to do later. Oh, classic. Nice. One of my one of my favorites. I like the easy bit. That's that's my favorite bit. <laughs> Sometimes the strides become a bit of a oh my goodness me, I've got six strides. It's like that's a bit of a uh, adds a bit of stress to it. But yeah, the strides are great. I love I love well, strides. I tell you what, I've I've only just worked out what the hell strides are because yeah. I was running and then sprinting and then thinking. This can't be right because they're supposed to be strides. And I didn't realise that strides are just an exaggerated form of your running. And when you yeah. get that, I'm like, oh, I quite enjoy these. And they've become my favourite now. <laughs> it's a bit below your Eddie's Eddie's the coach, but it's not quite your sprint, isn't it? It's yeah. like you're 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 on control, you're obviously going quite fast, but you're not like trying to get a hundred metres PB. Yeah, you're... I love them. Great. I hate the first two and then I enjoy them. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, like even the first one, I'm like, oh, I feel like moving an oil tanker. Yeah. <laughs> you were on the show back in 2020, episode 16. If listeners want to go back and and with John, you go really deep into your story um, and your journey into ultra running. So if people are interested in hearing that, um, the beginning of this story, do jump back onto episode 16. But perhaps you could give people just a quick recap of how you find yourself where you are today. Yeah, so bit of a bit of a crazy story. So I was um, an endurance cyclist and a, and a time trialer. Um, you know, nothing of riding two hundred and fifty miles to have a cup of tea with my mum, 
um, lots of time trials. And then in February the 9th, 2017, sitting right here, I had a massive stroke. So, yeah, the, the, I, I talked through it a lot with John um, the last time I was on. Um, it was really great to be able to speak to him. Um, basically, I had to learn to walk again. So my life completely changed from being this endurance athlete to um, being carried to the toilet, basically. Um, so I thought, right, okay, what, what should I do? And I thought, oh, I'll, I'll try and run as part of my rehab. And it kind of grew arms and legs, to be honest. And, and here I am running ultra marathons. So I feel hugely, hugely privileged and honoured to be able to do that, to be honest. But yeah, a bit, bit of a crazy journey. Do you still keep your toe in with the, the cycling world or is it 100% running now? No, I do. And I, I was actually out with the club on Sunday. So I keep my toe in because it's my club. I founded <laughs> yeah. the cycle club 10 years ago. We just had our 10 year anniversary. So I kind of dip in and out. Um, so I did I did 60 mile on Sunday with them. So um, yeah, I still, I still cycle a bit. I'm still okay on a bike. I'm still kind of hold a wheel just. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, if I had to choose, I would I would pick up the training shoes, definitely. Yeah. Oh, that was one of our questions. One of our questions. Delete, delete. delete. <laughs> Damn. It's always good. I, I, you know, although you don't really, with Zwift, you don't cycle somewhere to have a cup of tea and a cake, but the, the uh, cycling, the social side of cycling is much more pleasant than running. Um, like you say, you'd, you wouldn't think nothing for cycling for hours to go and have a cup of tea with your yeah, mom. Yeah, yeah. I, I love the social side of the cycling and I love the fact that, you know, I'm, I'm, I do all the admin and we organise races and we have a championship and I still do all that. Um, I, I don't get out as much as I can, but again, yeah. I've, A, a I've, I've got a life to live as well as exercise, but B, I've, I've just got to be really conscious of my fatigue levels. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I love the bike, but it's, it's I, I dip in and out with it, I would say, definitely. And are you um, up to speed with the Highway Code update? There's a lot of, have you seen this, Eddie? There's a little Highway Code update for cyclists and uh, car users and people crossing roads. It seems like oh. a bit of a minefield at the moment. We we got um, we got randomly peeped by about five or six cars on Sunday morning. Then they were coming the other way, but just yeah. because we were, bike they peep the horns and we're like yes. so yeah i think it's going to be quite difficult to um administer that and i think there's going to be a lot of feedback but we'll see how it goes we'll see how well, it accidents goes. i think <laughs> initially yeah. until people get up to speed with it since the last time uh you were on the show what has andy dobinson been up to my goodness um <laughs> so 2021 uh, that was a massive year for me to be honest um, I did four ultra marathons last year uh, since being on the show last. Um, and I've taken on a coach to try and just get me to that next level. Hence the strides. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I managed to tick off two 55 milers last year. Brilliant. Uh, so one of them was my friend was running the West Highland Way Challenge race. So I supported him through the night, um, which was just what an adventure. Just, oh, you can see me smiling now. That'll yeah. live with forever. 
And I did uh, the Hardenworth 55 as on top of some other stuff. So, yeah, it was a really good year last year. There's something really magical about running through the night. I don't know what it is, but um, especially if you're looking up to see the sun come up too, that is... Uh... Oh, I joined him I joined him at the Glencoe Ski Centre. So he'd just come over um, the Devil's Staircase. He'd done about 25 miles. And I joined him about five, six o'clock. And, um, you know, you run along to, um, you, you know, you, the night comes and you, you're sitting at the feed stations. And I remember we're at Ben Glass and... You know, you have a bit of a giggle about, oh, we can't put our head torches on full power. We're going to run out. And then as the sun came up, we said, oh, should, should we treat ourselves? What do you mean? Should we go full power on the head torches? High <laughs> <laughs> risk. Was so magical. Absolutely magical. Brilliant. And how did you find the 55? You know, it was it was an absolute roller coaster. So, um my, my mate Gary, who I ran it with, he's he's got his thousand mile hard mowers. Um, awards. So he's a really, he's a he's an accomplished trail runner, and you know he doesn't do stuff lower than fifty mile because it's just a waste of the day. He says, Mad. <laughs> so anyway, that's the spirit. We we set off together, but I would say for the first four hours, it's the hardest four hours I've ever had. And at the first feed station, it was tanking down the rain. Yeah, and we were both shivering. So Gary went, "I need to go on," and I, at that point, I thought oh, my God, I'm going to be by myself, but, oh, thank goodness, I'm by myself. I can do what yeah. I want. So um, we went over the – I was by myself going over the moors, and then at the second feed station, I, I started to feel – I feel a bit better. Couldn't get food down, felt horrendous. And then this guy said, um, oh, number whatever. He says, your mate's waiting at the feed station. So, again, I thought, great, Gary's there. But then I yeah. thought, oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> We got a set wind over the three sisters. Is it the three sisters? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely tanked it over the three sisters. And then uh, Gary was going, oh, you know, we can go sub-14, we can go sub-14. And then I think the last 10 miles, <laughs> we ran every step. And I'm like, my Brilliant. God, what's going on here? And we came in at 14.07, which is not oh, bad. Really? Not bad at all. Very good, yeah, very good. Um, it's, um, I love I love that your annoying friend is called Gary too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is it? I think Gary's one of those names that uh, was very popular for a few years, but nobody, I think on the birth records, nobody calls their children Gary anymore. It's, a, it's an unused. <laughs> but it's quite a fast finish, actually. I think the 50, well, it's on the trails, but um, once you've yeah. done the White Horse car park, it's relatively. Yeah. Easy yeah. going, weather weather dependent, obviously, but uh, very good. Do you know what? It's a funny one because you don't know what you're capable of doing until you do it. Mm. So I don't think I would have ran as much if I hadn't had someone there pushing me, which is why I'm super grateful that Gary waited for me. He probably could have gone faster, but the fact that in that last 10 mile, it was, come on, we can do it, we can do it. Yeah. And you get to the end and you think, what the hell's just happened? Yeah, yeah. You know, you're 45 mile in, you're like, you're buckled. And you think, no, no, I can run the last 10 miles. It was just, it was unbelievable. I loved it. Absolutely yeah, loved right. it. Two amazing experiences. With those under your belt now, what have you got planned for this year? So I've got the Kielda Ultra in April um, with a good friend of mine, Mark. And then... I've got the summer edition of the Chibi Goat. Now, oh, wow. that, 
Yeah, so I've marshaled at the Cheviot Goat. Um, so I, I was, I've been on top of Cheviot, watching them come in and go up to the top and then go down over um, into the into the peat bogs, basically. Yeah. But because it happened, um, Drew and the guys have put on a summer edition, so I've signed up for that, which is going to be phenomenal. Then I've got the lap in September. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> I've done the lap anti. I've done the lap clockwise, which was in 2020. So this is anti-clockwise. Okay. Um, then I've got the Wooler Trail Marathon, which I always do every year. Uh, Trail Outlaws Wooler Trail Marathon in November. I love that event. Um, it's it's where I grew up. You know, it's in the youth hostel across from the road, the house where I grew up from. So it's a bit of a special event for me that. And that was my first ultra back after my stroke so i always do that one we must have towed the line andy i've done the wooler definitely once <clears throat> so yeah we right. must have towed the line at the wooler trail marathon craig when did i do it, it might be in 2018 or 2019 uh right yeah before everything went a bit nuts um yeah <laughs> very good but, so the lap is that what they do every year with the lap it's like comrades basically they swap the direction every think, every year yeah so the i think the original is Anti-clockwise, I think I could be wrong. So they do a they do a May version. So May is clockwise, and September's anti-clockwise. So I've signed up for the September one. Awesome, very good. And that's the goat. You know, the goat looks like an awesome event, but the winter it's not for me, Eddie. Don't <laughs> but the summer one, yeah, I could go for that. <laughs> Again, I uh, I kind of know my limits and achieve it. Goat in the in the winter, that's not for me. Nah. Yeah, but you do the you do the pointing in a big coat and a willy yeah. hat. And, and drink coffee. Yeah, drink coffee. you got Point. it right. You got it the yeah. right way. Yeah. That's another question, Don. Now we know he's a coffee drinker. <laughs> Taking off all the questions later on. If we could talk a bit about um, training and mindset, that would be great. I'm always curious how people approach their training. You just mentioned that you now have a coach. Yeah, what, what, how do you approach if you're training for an ultra? I'm quite um, I'm quite process-driven. I always have been, more so since the stroke, because everything for me needs to be, everything needs to be in a box. So I look upon my training sessions, not, not as a task, because running is a pleasure. But if it ever becomes a task, you need to stop running. So I don't look upon running as a task, but I look upon my training as little wins. And again, that's more of a stroke mindset that I've always embraced small wins and I've ticked off the little wins. So example tonight, that would be another one choked up. Mm. So I've, I've kind of got a, a weird advantage that my attitude is to training and events. If, if I can deal with what's been put in front of me in the past, I can run 55 miles. I mean, all I'm doing is putting one, the other but the advantage i've got is that i love the training that i do because it, it it makes i love the process of running i love the sound of my feet on the ground it's quite weird i never run with music ever okay. i'm always outside listening and watching but i love the i love the process of ticking off this path where you can't quantify it, but tonight I'll be a better runner than I was yesterday. <clears throat> and then tomorrow I'll be slightly better than I was today. Yeah. That's how it works. And I quite enjoy not knowing where that's going to take me. And that's part of this fun trail running adventure. You don't know where you're going to go. I've yeah. got no idea what's going to happen tonight. 
you know, a tree might fall down in front of me and I'll have to come home. I don't yeah. know. But do you know what? Let's go and see what happens. Yeah, yeah. And is that a physical, like, a box tick? Like, you know, you'll have a journal or is it, I suppose, more more mental, really? Both. I, I've, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm quite analytical, so... This here is my diary, and I've got 12 years of training diaries. Wow. I log down everything, miles per hour, elevation, time, speed, the lot. I mean, talk about being tapped. At least I've got an excuse. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I, uh, I like to box things off, and I've got all my plans written down. But in my mind as well, I, I can't function with um, mess. I need things quite logical and, and, and A equals B. Although yeah. my brain doesn't work like that now, A equals F to go to G to Z back to B. Kind of learn that. But as long as I know that I've, I've closed off that session, that's it done. Tick, mm. move on next. That's kind of how it works for me. And how's it been with, with having a coach now? How's that different to like old Andy's training? Um, I've got structure and I'm accountable. I like being accountable. Um, but again, I've got, I've got to manage the anxiety because if I miss a session, I really, really beat myself up. Where in reality, it's okay to miss a session because, you know, mm. life is over. But I love not having to think. Um, and again, I, I, I kind of mentioned this when, when I ran the hard moves. I didn't know I was capable of doing the stuff I'm doing. Yeah. Because... I'm now running hills in my training that I just would have walked up. But okay. no, no, in the plan, I kind of need to do that. I'm not saying I do it all the time, but I like I like having a green, an amber, or a red, and all the greens um, give me a, self, a sense of self-satisfaction. I don't know if you're the same, Eddie. When I did the Hard Moors 110, I went from initially thinking, I could never, I can't do this. And then I just started thinking, well, I'm going to do it under 24 hours. <laughs> and then it never, I, it didn't really matter if I did it under 24 hours or not, but I stopped thinking about the fact, could I do it or not? It was all, I never, once I'd got my head around that, this, I had a time in mind, the thought of doing it or not just never entered my head. It was so, uh, it was quite a, a, a strange but positive mental shift. Yeah, it's, it's a weird one, Gary, because I don't believe in the word failure, right? I think that, if I, if I start out on the Cheviot Goat in July and I don't complete it, that's fine, right? That's not a failure. And I think that's where some people beat themselves up really badly. If you stand on a start line, whether it be a training session or an event, and you give it a go, you're a winner in my eyes. This is why I've got an absolute passion for trail running. Trail running is an adventure. It's an absolute journey no matter what happens. Mm. So... Yeah, you've just got to kind of go with the flow, I think. We all need to do that more in life. Um, what would be, if you go heading out the door, Andy, um, it might be a recent um, addition to your programme from your coach, or it might be something that you've always done. What's your sort of favourite, either type of session or specific session to do in your training block? Um, specific, um, I like the steady moderate runs I'm being given where it's slightly shorter, but um, you're absolutely blown by the time you get back from it. Um, and I love it when I'm just let loose in the hills. So previous to be having a, a coach to give me some guidance, being let loose in hilly technical terrain. So when I say on the plan, 
um, two and a half hours or three hours um, free session in the hills or whatever it's labelled as. I'm like, oh, mm. here we go. So a great example was just the Saturday past, me and my friend Mark went to um, up by Loch Lomond and we ended up doing Ben Aim and the Cobbler. So, you know, you, you've climbed three and a half thousand foot in the first five miles. Not yeah, really yeah. done, let's be honest. No, no. <laughs> um, but my God, those sessions are absolutely awesome. Just love that the more technical and hilly it is, I love it. Absolutely love it. And if you throw in a bit of company and a flask of tea for me, well, <laughs> I'm with you. I love a session that's got no session. There's no purpose to it. Just go out. There's yeah. my, they're my, they're my favourite. And oh, lots of the clients I coach, and sometimes I forget that as well. That's why people do it, because I always feel like I should give people more. But actually, people love free. It feels a bit like a school when you don't get set any homework. <laughs> go, ahead, go ahead, do but, what you want. But that's, that's, the, that's the reason we trail run. You know, all of these structured pieces of work that you do lead up to these days you get in the hills where you're standing on top of a Munro in Scotland taking the picture and you can see for 50 miles and ah again you see the smile it creates on my face it's just awesome absolutely awesome such privilege to be able to do that to have a body that enables that you're able to do that with like relatively relative ease that you can go out in the hills and spend a day not thinking about the physical exertion you need to put down but just enjoying the process and that's where all the hard training also yeah. kind of taking all those green boxes andy means that you can then just go out and the exercise becomes the second thing to actually just being so good and that's why, that's why I probably feel more privileged than most because, you know, when, you, when you're lying in a hospital bed, not being able to walk, thinking, how's this happened at 42-year-old? I'm 47 now. I'm literally nearly at my five-year anniversary, which is a huge mental hurdle for me. To be able to go out and stand on the start line, irrespective of the result, doesn't really matter. To be able to do this stuff, um, I'm, I feel so lucky and so privileged. Has that always been your mindset? You, you said about irrespective of the result. When you were back in your cycling days, would you be much more competitive? Exactly that, Gary. The polar opposite. I had a totally different agenda. It was all about, um, let's get quite deep, all about wattage, all about times. Gary will love about, it. He's just all, learned what an FTP is. <laughs> <laughs> all about all about the likes I would get by posting, look what I've done, trying yeah. to prove something to somebody. I don't quite know what it was. That's probably why I was in counselling for two years after my stroke. What were you trying to prove? Where now, I don't have to prove anything to anybody. Mm. I don't care. But yeah, to answer your question, Gary, before it was a completely different agenda. I put myself under so much pressure. Um, which, brought, which, you know, I had results. I was first in a couple of 24-hour races. I'm looking at my Scottish Cycling Award for uh, middle distance time trialing, best all-rounder in Scotland. But I much prefer this agenda. Better memories, I think, like you were saying about, you know, you, like you were saying about being privileged. You can go out, you've got the fitness to do this. Where, I mix it up. I like running on the road and the trails, but definitely the training days out on the fells with, with your friends. And like you say, oh, I sat on the top of uh, Causey Pike 
the other week, scoffing a lovely pasty. <laughs> it was wonderful. Just and the clouds are rolling in. Luckily, we weren't in the clouds, but yeah, just magical times. And there was no worrying about heart rate or mileage. It was just time on feet yeah. with friends. It was it was wonderful. Yeah, great. Absolutely love it. Have you got any? We're all busy. My goodness, my Eddie and I. Before we do press the record button, we spend about half an hour about chatting about how busy we are. Whining, whining. I think Boy. is the verb. <laughs> any tips for people with busy lives just trying to fit it all in? Put things in perspective, because we all work to facilitate life outside of work. I used to work, uh, live to work. I work to facilitate my life, but I've got a hugely busy job in software development. Like you're busy, you know, you're busy. And if you don't manage to tick that box, it's actually okay, right? So this this should always put a smile on your face. It should never put you under undue stress or pressure. If it does, I think people just need to take a step back and go, do you know what? This is just part of a bigger picture. It's an element of what I do. And if I don't manage to do it today, it's actually all right. Yes, you're accountable to a coach. Or yes, you want to get that fastest time or you want to get that medal. But just make sure that you've still got the smile on your face and it never becomes a task-driven thing that you're doing. Yeah. If that does become a task-driven thing, I think you've kind of lost a bit of direction. So... My tip would be, yes, prioritise, but just keep it in perspective. This is a passion, so treat it as a passion. I always, I'll make a list, but then I'll, I'll basically prioritise that list with what will make me happy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and try and do those first. <laughs> I make the list and I put training at the top. What do you do? You're really, Andy, you're a super positive person and I need some of your mantras. In fact, I might just start calling you in the morning when I like, I can't do it. I can't do it all today. What do you do? Because, because even people that are able, you've got a very strong sense of purpose now. What do you do if your motivation is low or you hit a bad patch in a race? Do you have a sort of self-talk mantra or do you, um, how do you sort of get yourself out of that funk? Yeah, I mean, I'm talking here as if I'm, the, I'm, I'm this, this, this guru of positivity. I'm not, believe me. I've got this, I've got this mental kind of battle with what a stroke leaves you, I think. And this whole you can, you can't, you will, you won't kind of chat. So I think in an event, and there, there's so many dark spells of you can't and your motivations at rock bottom in an event. And, you know, I'm, I kind of ring my wife first and foremost. And all I need to do is go, can I do this? And she goes, yeah, you can. Okay, then, right, bye. Speak Get off the phone, I'm at the shop. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's kind of, if, if, I need, if I hear her say you can, then irrespective of how I'm feeling, I think, right, okay, I'll just get on with it. I, I do get quite demotivated and, I, and I'm, I'm really quite bad at comparing to others and oh my god I'm good enough and I, I kind of if, if I'm in an event I stop and I, and I kind of ask myself why am I doing it remind myself what it's given me um but what I also do is 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 how I kind of live my life I don't look at the end result so hard is 55 if I think about running 55 miles I'll run back to the to the B&B &B and just sit and drink coffee all day yeah but if I 
about from the start to the first feed station. If I can do that, let's let's have a see where I am. Am I good to go? Right, I'll have a go to the next one. So even in a training session or, a, or an event and my motivation's low, I just bring it right back to a smaller chunk that I can kind of visualize and and accept in my mind. Yeah. And that's how I live my life, to be honest. I've always said you need to celebrate the wins. And all of these little wins will get you to the end goal. But don't think about that end goal. It's just, for me, anyway, it's just too big. I can't comprehend that. I can't put that in a box. Hmm. And if I can't put it in a box, I get rid of it. But I can put the small bits in a box. And that's how I do my training, my events. And that's what gets me out of these um, motivational and and just dark places. You, everybody can visit. Everybody visits them. That's great advice. Celebrate the small wins. And I love that what you said about kind of checkpoint to checkpoint on a race, because if you looked at the the 55 miles, the 100 miles or whatever it is, you know, my goodness me, these guys doing the spine race. You looked at the big, <laughs> you looked at the big picture, you wouldn't tore the line off. The Even time, though it's sometimes just like a 40 minute recovery run to get out the door. You're like, oh, I can't, I can't. And yeah. you know, yeah. then you just put the trainers on. Let's just put the trainers on, put your kit on. And then uh, I've got my kit on now because I'm like, I know at three o'clock when it's going to be a running slot, I'm going to go, oh, I can't. But if I've got the kit on, that's the first hurdle, half isn't it? Half the job done, yeah. Half the job done, just go to the training <laughs> on. Then all I've got to do is get the trainers out the door. And I don't think I've ever come back. If not, I always say to myself, just go out and just see how you feel. And yeah, I think my kit. Never come back. Do you ever sleep well, in your kit, Andy? Sorry? Do you ever sleep in your kit? <laughs> Not dirty yeah. kit, clean kit for the next day. <laughs> About it far too long when I come in until I'm told that I stink and I need to get yeah, shower. Yeah, I, I get that a lot too. You're going to get changed. You're going to have a shower. <laughs> you did, are you really going to sit in that sweaty gear? Can you get a shower, please? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. I've got a glory in it first. <laughs> yeah, I've got to own this smell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, this smell. <laughs> you're, not, you're not running. You, you, you can't um, get on the bike. But have you got any interests outside, you know, running and cycling? Yeah, and they, all count, they all sound quite selfishly um, um, solo, to be honest. And I, you might think where my wife fits in all this, she'll kill me. Um, I've got a motorbike, so I, I like riding the motorbike. Um, I've, I've got this silly fascination with cars. So I like motorsports, but I just love being out with Nick, my wife, just kind of doing stuff. I can't mm. label what that stuff is. I mean, my passions are obviously what we've talked about, but I love motorbikes, cars. You know, we're lucky to live in a beautiful part of the country, so we spend a lot of time outside together. She, she likes to go walking, so we're planning a little Monroe Hill walk. Brilliant. Uh, I love just muddling around with Lisa. You know, we don't really run much together, but just that, I think it's just that you found your, in Finland, they call it your split. You found your split and just to muddle around yeah. with your split is, uh, yeah, magical. I love that. Yeah. What kind of bike? Yeah. I'm not, I'm not a bike. Uh, don't know anything about motorbikes, but some of our listeners Let's do. Let's pretend what, we are. Let's pretend yeah. we do. <clears throat> yeah. What, 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 what bike have you got? Or bikes? I have got a Ducati Multistrada. Um, but I just, you know, again, I don't ride it enough because, you know, if it's a nice Saturday morning, I'll just pick up my trainers and go for a run. And you think, oh, yeah. I'll go on the bike next week. The next week comes, 
Oh, there's that hill we're talking about running. I'll just go and run that hill instead. We uh, So talking about free time and not having a lot of it, but let's say this weekend you have got a free weekend. You've got a full tank of petrol, maybe a car, your motorbike. <laughs> um, which part, if you could choose part of the country, you can go and have a, a long run or even a long walk with the wife. Oh Where would you head to? There's a question. In, the, in, in this time of year, I would go to the highlands of Scotland because there's no midges. <laughs> yeah, bit of snow, but that's all right. Yeah. Um, I've got this passion for the Lake District. Um, but if I had to pick one, it would be the north of Scotland, I think, just because of the ruggedness and the beauty. Yeah. Yeah. And still so, un, un, not undiscovered, but undisturbed. Yeah, yeah. Truly remote. Absolutely. You could literally, you know, I talk about the moors are very busy, the lakes, you can find yourself quite on your own for hours but then yeah the north of scotland i think that's another level of yeah uh, alone time yeah i mean i'm quite lucky i'm going to chamonix for a week in june and i've never been so i'm, lo- I'm looking forward to seeing what that's like um i've been trying to go for two years but obviously because of covid it's get, getting put back and put back so yeah. you know, i had to pick one place abroad i've not ever been there and i know it's chamonix so <laughs> i can't wait to go can't wait you're gonna love it yeah, that'd be awesome. That'd Some be serious uh, Strava maps there. That'd be awesome. Have you seen that new st- thing on Strava? They have this thing where you can integrate it with this bit of software called Summit Bag. Um, so I've just noticed on people's uh, Strava activities, they've ticked off all these mountains when they've been for a run. I think it was Sarah Perry and Luke Kennedy. Um, so I was like, oh, my goodness, what is that? So yeah, check out Summit Summit Bagging or something like that. And it just tells you all your, all your peaks. Oh, I can't wait. Can't wait. That'd be awesome. Well, thanks for that, Andy. Um, that's all my questions, Eddie, apart from the, the quick quick five. Do you want to do them or do you want me to do them? Uh, you, you do them. You're so good at them. And then all I right. just interrupt. Have we? <clears throat> I'm just checking which ones we've already... Um, uh, uh, no, we're good. We're we are good. good to go. We'll still ask the last one. We'll still ask the last one. Okay, okay, okay. Right, Andy, you ready? I'm ready. Well, we just had a competition, actually, uh, to get some new questions to refresh our questions. But what I've done is a tribute to season one of the podcast, which was one of the earliest questions. And I always used to really like this question when when it used to pop up. But it is the strangest thing you've seen on a run. Um, Somebody having a poo on the path. On the path? No joke. No joke. Squatted down, having a poo. As I ran past. Was it a race or just a... No, just a random training run. I've never been back. God, sick. That is gross. Sorry to be so gross, guys, but you did ask the question. (laughs) (laughs) What about you, Eddie? What's your strangest thing? (laughs) Not that. Oh, I don't know. Probably some sort of wild animal, dead animal round here. Did, uh, I went for a run once. It was just a short out and back. So this is what, it, but on one direction, I went on these like uh, boardwalks near a stream. Then on the way back, bear in mind this is an early Sunday morning, I saw one burning sock. Just come from, yeah, literally just a burning sock on its own. And it wasn't there maybe 15 minutes earlier. I can't understand. Um, there's wow. always socks, isn't there? Socks, pants, and random places. Let's not go any deeper into this. <sighs> okay, right. Hollywood, Hollywood are on the phone. <clears throat> They're going to make a film about the Andy Dobson story. 
Who would you like to play yourself? Which famous actor? Does it have to be an actor? As long as we've heard of him, I don't mind. Killian, <laughs> uh, just so I looked really good. When <laughs> I was... Hey. I love it. <laughs> Sign him up. I'm sure he's free. <laughs> he's delighted. He'd be delighted. Would you prefer a fasted run or a full English before you run? Fasted. Fasted. Longest you've ever been without sleep? Uh, about 30 hours. Oh, well, I think I'd be kaput 30 hours. That, would, that seems way too long. Um, I think we know the answer to this one. Bike or trainers? Trainers. Absolutely trainers. This is a, spin, actually, a little spin on it. If you could only do one for the rest of your life, cycle or run, what do you think you'd uh, opt for? Run. Run. Okay. Run. Oh, that is it. <laughs> Thanks, Andy. I really enjoyed that. Thanks for your time. I share with people where people could find um, you on Instagram. Um, and if people perhaps want a little bit more background about recovering from a stroke or living with, uh, living after a stroke, coming back after stroke, uh, what's your Instagram handle? Where can they find out? So my, my Instagram handle where I document this trail running adventure is andyd2574 underscore stroke underscore of underscore look so it's an absolute mouthful but it actually reads okay andy d 2574 stroke of luck oh i didn't get it when you read it slowly (laughs) that's what it was i had the luckiest and best stroke i've ever known so yeah that's what it's called yeah, right. Well, go find if you need a bit of positivity, but you can't yeah. get out for your training session. Send him an Instagram message, and he'll tell you you can get on with it. I'm going to for this. There's <laughs> a business there, coaching business, where you just tell people that they could do it. That could be the easiest job in the world. Yeah. Can I have fun for this week? Yes, get outside now. Oh, best of luck with everything this season, Andy. We look forward to hearing about the summer um, Cheviot Goat. We might be, yeah, when Gary and I to sign up for that one over the winter one and keep in touch. And we hope and maybe see you again another 60 episodes. Yeah, listen, thank you very much, guys. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much. No worries. Take care. Thanks, Andy. Thank you. so much andy for coming on the show and updating us on how you're doing if you want to uh, a follow on instagram or point anybody who's perhaps had a stroke uh, a, perhaps even a runner recovering um from a stroke or family member he's andy 2574 under stroke underscore stroke of luck um and i'm sure if anybody would want to contact him he would be happy to give out some advice as well into his journey back into fitness upcoming races what have you got eddie for us this week we got all oh, the black comb. It's a tough late winter race with some good long climbs and often quite interesting weather. The final descent is one of the best of the year and there's always a pie and brew in the village Ooh. hall afterwards. Sign me up. Race for fee includes the pie and the peas and a cup of tea. Awesome. Maybe I hopefully maybe more than one cup of tea, because to me, one cup of tea is just the initiation of Warm. the moisture and then you <clears throat> and then you go for the second one. Silkoft. Railway station, it's very convenient to get to the race. Oh, wow, the 
my sort of race. I love that. that that's the, the, the long distance walking stuff quite often at Pi. Oh. Actually, years ago, I did a oh, Baslow boot bash and it was, uh, apologies for vegetarians out there, but it was a lamb pie and they put uh, like uh, mint sauce on it. And I'd never had a pie with mint sauce on it. It's a nice little bit of regional uh, delicacy. It was lovely, that was. Um, but we're going north again this week for myself, and I'll be actually at this race. So it's cross country at Anik. It's the final fixture of the Harrier League. Dare I see it? I think if we turn up and get six people finished, I think we're promoted, Eddie. Um, I'm always a bit cautious until I see the the physical yeah. bit of paper. Yeah, yeah, see the stats at the end. I really hope my knee is okay because I do want to run and I do want to count for the team two um basically what's happening is i rest it monday to friday and then smash it up over the weekend <laughs> that's, that's basically what's what the majority happening. of injured runners do i'll have a bit of rest and then i'm going to go massive with my mates at the weekend yeah so yeah good luck to everybody racing this weekend what happens if you get promoted what's the next league like you're going to need investment you're going to need sponsors you're all going to <laughs> pro what are you looking at uh yeah definitely lots of investment we need some uh, well it's really funny because if we could consistently get six of our better um uh, better that's the wrong way to say but faster athletes out um then we our aspirations really would be just to stay in the league we are not a division one team we don't have enough fast pack runners um and then if our slow pack runners mark rain massive plonker got himself promoted last time he literally was about three three runners i think the i don't know what the cutoff was but he was like literally i think the next runner so now he's a medium pack runner so he gets a handicap he's if he scores, fantastic. Well done, Mark. But you should have thought of the team and eased off a little bit. <laughs> um, so, yeah, aspirations is survival, really, in Division 2. There's some big clubs. Sedgefield isn't, isn't a massive um, club. People tend to join Sedgefield, I suppose, if you live in Sedgefield or you're relatively local. There's some clubs, say maybe uh, Morpeth or Poly, North Shield Poly. People join those clubs because they're a competitive club. Um, Sedgefield isn't that club, uh, unfortunately. Oh, but it offers so much more, so much more. Oh, it's, I love it. I absolutely, yeah. I mean, soon membership's going to rocket. I realise <laughs> that they could run alongside the banging the jump for Sedgefield. The membership should be through the through the roof. But yeah, best of luck, everybody, apart from the teams that are challenging Sedgefield for the promotion push. <laughs> Down with you. What have you got coming up, then, Eddie? Big week. I was quite tired after half term. Coach said, "Let's have Mosh. a big volume. Let's have a big volume this week." I was like, oh. <laughs> "You know what you need is loads of miles." <laughs> loads of miles this week. I was like, "Okay, if you say so." Don't cry, Eddie. Don't cry. Don't shoot with this. So I'm having a big, but on the caveat that next week I have to deload. He did actually say to me eye to eye, "Thanks for not listening to my instruction about the deload week and carrying on." I am a terrible being trained. This is why I have to have a coach. So I'm doing a big week this week, big volume, and then I will have a deload next week. And so a big week for me is we're keeping up the wrong running volume because my 100K is creeping up. Yep. <laughs> so I am keeping up the running volume, but I'm also going to back that up with some time on the skis. As soon as we finish this, I'm out of here, under the skis, out of here, under the skis. Um, we started talking, he was a bit, uh, he, I was like, so let's talk about spine. He's like, Eddie, let's just, you know, let's go. One thing at a time, Eddie. He's, you know, he's a, a method, what's it like? It's like, let's just go one thing. Methodical. 
methodical but the biggest thing for us for me is going to be leg strength leg strength so the more that I can do not just running but skiing and biking and all the extra stuff all these little they all add up that bit of that's my um that's my I've got a bit of um maybe we could do for sure once I listen to a podcast about lifting weights and things like that and um I don't think my weightlifting protocol is really. <laughs> is well, it's improved. very hard if you don't have a gym yeah. to access to lifting those really heavy weights. But definitely in the last two months when I've been lifting heavy weights, my God, the difference in my running uphill. Yeah. I'm sure not only difference in my running uphill, the difference in my recovery as well. I just feel my legs feel less bashed. I just feel more in control going uphill mm. and downhill. Um, but it's an investment in time that lots of people don't have and an investment in another expense of joining a gym. And I do think you have to do weights. Body weight, body weight and conditioning is great for core and for mobility and injury proofing yourself. But if you are looking at doing something mega where it is all going to come down to the cardiovascular fitness is only going to get you over a certain amount and it's going to come down to strength, I think investing in... In a coach that knows what they're doing with the weights, um, in a program and in a gym membership. Well, you know what's funny is, um, you know, years ago there was lots of the the, the, the advice and protocol was bodyweight exercise. We're training for these long events, lots of this, and then now it seems to be lifting heavy. Oh, it's always fads, isn't it? Who's, who's to say fads. that lifting heavy heavy is correct? I think I'm sure yeah. I saw Kipchoge doing some exercise, oh. and he wasn't lifting heavy. He's yeah. the best in the world. It's like. Um, You've got to play to your strengths, though, haven't you? And I think I'm not going to be Kipchoge. I'm not going to run a two-hour marathon ever. But uh, I am going to be knee-deep in bog on the Chiviots, hopefully. The last podcast I listened to that we talked about strength training, I almost kind of think, listen to that, I might as well not do any because what I'm doing isn't really doing anything. <laughs> I think with anything with training, don't listen to do what works for you. If it feels good and it makes you feel stronger and you enjoy doing it, put it in your program. If I don't you enjoy hate doing it. it uh, yeah, no one enjoys core work. We got to do it. That's non-negotiable. But you know, embrace the bits of your program that you really like. Because I do believe a lot of training, if you enjoy it, it's like a run with mates, isn't it? Mm. Long run with mates, fuel for the fuel for the soul. That so yeah. I'm a big believe. You know, do the bits you like. You have to put in the bits you don't like. Just like you always have to eat your vegetables. You sometimes you have to do bits you don't like, but embrace the bits you do like. Anyway, we've done it. Next week, I'll be talking to you from a deload week. I'll be grumpy. I'll be like, oh, God, that means I've got a hoover. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm tapering, I suppose. And it's really funny because I don't actually feel like I've got to a level in my running that I can taper from. So I'm in this. You've not done any running. You've just. Yeah. A bit with Sarah Perry eating cheer chive bars (laughs) and uh, whining about your knee. (laughs) So it's it's really funny because you've got a whole hobble in uh, two weeks, I think. So. Yeah, you definitely want to be kind of don't do any increase the running, but I really don't feel like um, I've got anything to taper from. It's been that. Shifting? Are you on the bike? Uh, yeah, I did. Too. It was really good because I'm trying to save any uh, kind of unnecessary stress on my knee. I did uh, two workouts on the bike, and I will be doing. I'll be two or three workouts. I've, I've done a, a Zwift plan, so I've three workouts a week to do this FTP uh, builder or, so, or something like that. Anyway, so yes, I will be on the bike. Probably get on there later today. Uh, so yeah, it's a funny one. So yeah, although I guess I'm tapering for a race that I'm not really invested in it from a race point of view, but. I don't feel like I've got to a point that warrants 
to a taper. So it's a real kind of funny mindset. You don't need I mean. to get to that point, though. You don't need to sign off the contract to get to the taper. You're just following a little bit of a different path at the moment. You've got yes. heaps of fitness. You always do really well in races. You bring your A game. You're the Rory of racing, you know. You get your head down, you roll the dice, and you're both. I can't wait. It's another team event, so we may nail yeah, together. Yeah, you'll be, you'll be taking them all down. Epic food, apparently. Massive the, uh... spikes. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's me. Tapering, but not tapering. <laughs> whining, not whining, whining on. We've got another five star review. Amazing oh. if you keep asking what people will do in the end, isn't oh, yeah. it? Who'd have thought you ask for these things? <laughs> <laughs> but Don Carlo 79 on the 24th of the 2nd, 2022, left us a lovely review. Motivating. Love the podcast. Great guests and motivating chat. It's great to listen to whilst running as you feel part of the conversation. Entertaining and fun with some really useful and interesting discussion. Discussing discussion slash training ideas. Keep up the good work. Well, thank you so much, Don Carlo79. I always love it and I really appreciate anybody who uh, takes time to listen to the podcast, but then actually backs it up with a five-star review. Very generous of you to do that. Thanks so much. We know you're waiting for the cheer charge team result. Can I just point this out? I was in charge of the Facebook post and monitoring that. Gary was in charge of counting the cheer charge seats. Well, I'm still waiting to. Well, (laughs) I did bump into the team and uh, Lisa on Saturday. It's a bit of a blur. And we are still counting the seeds, people. Sorry to disappoint you. I don't have the equipment to like as in a bag of chia seeds to count them. So (laughs) I'm waiting for Tim or Lisa to give us the uh the, the, the figures so we'll keep the competition running shall um, we okay I'll pop that on Facebook we're going to keep it running another week so if I know a few people have actually tried to count and people have been a bit um, uh, people are going into the thousands I, I'm not sure it's a very small <laughs> bar people uh, you never know you see those jars of sweets and um, I'm always staggered how many are actually in the jar so but would you always go bigger than what you think Let's go big Eddie yeah Okay. Okay. We'll wait one more week. If they hasn't sent it by then, I'll crush a bar and I'll get the kids. So everybody uh, tag Tim in Pest Room to count up. I'm not sure like my littlest can count over 20 yet. So it could be quite a long weekend, but (laughs) we'll see if we can fit it in. (laughs) Thank you so much, everybody for listening. Please like, share and subscribe to the show. Thank you for Cheer Charge for sponsoring. That was episode 79. I'm Eddie Sutton. And I'm Gary Thwaites. And let's run to the hills. (laughs) 